We have a great privilege uh, this year of celebrating Christmas, celebrating the, the birth of Christ on the Lord's Day. And uh, the early church began to meet together on the first day of the week, and uh, that has coincided with uh, the birth of Christ, the, the time that we celebrate the birth of Christ. And so it's a, just a beautiful, beautiful time, a beautiful opportunity for us as believers to come together. Open your Bible, if you would please, to Luke chapter 2. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we read. Father, we have been blessed already of the, with the, the music that we've been able to sing, participate in, and, and hear. And uh, thank you, Lord, for drawing our attention through music to your word, to the epitome of worship, and that's being able to listen, hear your word, And let our hearts respond to that. I pray now as we look at your word. At this story. That uh, it would be seen with fresh eyes. In a a new way. And that it would. Would. Conform our heart. More to the likeness of your son. That it would work in our heart. And it would be applicable to our heart. Lord we thank you for being able to sit. Under. the, The. hearing the teaching of your word. What a privilege. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 2, we will uh, just look at a portion of the the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Well, it is typical of Luke, if you read his Gospels, you see a pattern. Luke has uh, recorded for us uh, all of the events that that could be recorded um, concerning the birth of Christ. In fact, it was Luke's pattern to record for us as much as he could of the life of Christ. And, of course, part of that is the birth of Christ. Now, in true Luke fashion, he does not just record for us the, the facts what we see is when he does this, he, he interviews as many of the eyewitnesses as he can. You, can. you can see that. You can pick that up in his writings. He not only gives us the facts, but he gives us the response. The response of the people that uh, he's interviewing. Um, for example, uh, Elizabeth and, and Mary and Zacharias. Uh, the father of John the Baptist. And that's just in chapter 1. You've got 80 verses in chapter 1. And large parts of that is just the response of the people concerning the message of the birth of Christ. 
And their response, their reaction to that. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. How do you respond to that news? Well, the response of those things are recorded for us by Luke. He's a good historian. He, uh, he's, it's kind of like the man on the street. What was your reaction? What did you think about this? Now, take that thought and apply that to the angels. He gives us the response for the shepherds in verses 15 to 20. He tells us what they did and how the response to that. But before that, in just the two verses, in verses 13 and 14, in fact, there's a little handout in your bulletin. If you take that out, you can see the setting for this passage very easily. The setting. You have the shepherds and the sheep, and you have angels. The message the message from the angel. You have the message is the good news. It's the Savior, Jesus Christ, Christ the Lord. And then you have a sign. This will be a sign to you. And he tells, this angel tells them. But then, as though it were a response, a reaction from the angels, there was a multitude of, a heavenly, of the heavenly host. It was not just one angel. The message is already being given in verses 13 and 14, what we see then is the, the angel's response. The Lord gave them this opportunity to, to convey to us, man, their response. And Luke records that for us. Now, if you notice, in Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8, Paul reminds us that creation, being under curse, creation groans in anticipation of uh, the sons of God being revealed, uh, those to be adopted, those who are going to be adopted through Jesus Christ and, and for this whole salvation message to unfold. And um, the angels are part of that creation. And you can, intense, you can see this, this anticipation of the angels to, to be able to give this news and, and the response of the angels is, is glory, glory to God. They've been anticipating this. They've been waiting for this since the fall of man. And so this is the first step in the peace process. And the angels have the opportunity to respond to that. The message has already been given. And now they're just reacting, responding. And we see that in verse, verse 13 and 14. But specifically in verse 14, we see what they say. And one of the things that that uh, they include in their reaction to uh, this news is peace on earth. And that leads us into our main point today. In verse 14, what we'll see is that this peace on earth, which was declared by the angels, was not a superficial or temporary earthly peace, but a reference to the reconciliation of God and man through the Prince of Peace. Let me read that again. This peace on earth was a declaration by the angels. In fact, a response, a, a benediction, a glorious uh, reaction of the angels toward God. And it included this peace on earth, not this superficial peace, not a temporary earthly peace, but a reference to the reconciliation of God and man through the Prince of Peace. And the question we'll be asking today and we'll be looking at is, what is this peace on earth? What does it look like? And we can tell that through the context of just verse 14. 
There's a lot of information in there. And there's three points that I want you to notice uh, today. And the first one, what is this peace? comes from the context in verse 14. And this is the proclamation of the angels, the response of the angels. If the angels had a chance to talk, had a chance to respond, this is what they would say. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men upon whom he is pleased. The first part, what we see is talking about peace. This peace is from an unlikely source, an unlikely source. Man and God are at odds. They are at war with one another. Man has rebelled against God. God drove man out of the garden in Genesis chapter 4. He was out of the garden, put an angel there so he could not return. By Genesis chapter 6, God had to destroy mankind because of man's sin. He saved eight. Eight people in an ark. But the wrath of God remains on man. So it makes this... It makes this peace... An unlikely source coming from God. Because there's war going on between God and man. Now, you would expect, you would expect, given the situation, that man would offer a peace treaty to God himself. That man would, would come to God and, and plead for mercy. Would come to God and, and submit to his power, recognizing that he has the upper hand. He is the creator. He is the ruler and sustainer of this universe. He is the the almighty one. So you would think man would just slip right in and, and, and obey like the rest of creation. But no, man responded in rebellion against God. And you would think that peace would come from man, a peace offering. Please accept us back. But you don't see that at all. In fact, you see just the opposite. Man is still in rebellion against God. After 6,000 years, man is still rejecting God, ignoring God. So this peace does not come from man, but it comes from the unlikely source of God who can abolish man at any time. So peace from an unlikely source. God, though, is a God of peace. We read in Scripture... Paul reminds us that that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace in 1 Corinthians. In Romans 16, he says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. God is a God of peace, and He is reaching down toward man. And so, this causes a reaction among the angels. And the angels just respond, Glory to God! He is the source of this peace on earth. He is is reaching down. And His grace is being exposed. His grace is being displayed. His love and kindness. He could squash man, but yet he He responds with kindness and grace and leading to glory to God in the highest from the angels. I want you to notice one more thing just about this phrase, glory to God in the highest. Angels are, are common uh, seen in Scripture as, <clears throat> as praising God and glorifying God. But they do that in heaven. This is done here on earth. In fact, it's done 
just uh, in the presence of some meager shepherds. And you have to wonder, why did these angels respond here on earth? Why did they do that? Do you wonder, do you think that maybe they have just seen man time after time after time not giving glory to God? Not giving God the honor that is due Him. And so, just by way of examples, guys, let's get together and and just praise the Lord in front of these people. Maybe they will wake up. Maybe they will start to praise God and bring glory to God. So, it should be a reminder to us that the all, all of creation is glorifying, unhonoring God. And man should be part of that. The angels are part of that. In fact, really, this, this praise toward God, this is the climax. This is the climax of the story. This is, this is grace from God in human form. Man did not offer this peace treaty, but God did. An unlikely source. God could have just walked away. You know, since the First World War, there's been over 200 peace treaties in Europe. Every one of them have been broken. In fact, since, the, since 1,500 years before Christ to the present, there's been over 8,000 peace treaties that in recorded history. They're broken within two years. Within two years. Man cannot even have peace among himself. Man cannot make peace with God. Because of, because of sin, because of many reasons. So God reaches down graciously, bringing peace to man. Saying, we will, we will come together. There can be reconciliation with the, with the God who created us. God is the one who initiated this. You know what? Everyone wants peace. This world wants peace. We, we kind of cry out for it in many ways, in different ways that, that we see. People want world peace. But we're looking for it in, an, in the wrong places. We look for peace in, in the wrong places. We never think to look to God, our Creator, for peace. Man thinks within himself that some way I can develop peace. I can, we can have peace on earth. And it's, it's, it's just through economics. It's through education. It's through some way. But we can have peace on earth. God says no. No, not at all. In fact, the angels agree. There will be no peace on earth except for God. And God gets the glory for that. To him be the glory. And the angels got it right. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So, we have peace from an unlikely source. And that is God Himself. Number two, just the middle phrase there. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. So we have peace in an unlikely location. That's on earth. Peace in an unlikely location. And on earth, peace among men. It says... Peace, is, peace on earth is an unlikely location for peace because of sin. This earth is still under a curse. It's an unlikely place because we've really never experienced peace on earth. 
We look forward to peace, maybe in an eternal state, or maybe in the millennial kingdom when Christ comes down and reigns, and He will reign in peace. Um, Israel may have had some peace on earth a, a little bit of time during their history, but really, peace on earth is a very unlikely place. It's just not going to happen. There's too many things against us. There's sin. The God of this world is Satan himself, the author of confusion, the author of lies. So peace on earth is not going to happen, except through one means. Now, there was a peace on earth at one time. Do you remember back in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heaven and earth, and he created a garden for man to work in, and he placed man in a garden. And there was peace. There was peace for a time. And if we can look back to Genesis, we don't have the time to look at that, but let me give you some unlikely elements of peace within the garden. Because we don't really have an understanding of what peace is. But let me show you some things. If we look back at Genesis chapter 2, we'd see that peace, there was, um, there was relationships with others. Now, that's kind of unlikely. Because the idea is, I want to get away from people so that I can have peace. And so you, so you, you try to get as far away from people as you can so that, so that you can be at peace. But that's, that's unlikely. That's not, that's not true peace. There was relationships within the garden between man and his wife, between man and God, and there was peace. So it's not relationships. It's not isolation from others. Notice another thing. In the garden, there was also work. There was responsibility. So peace is not just a freedom from responsibilities. We can have peace within those responsibilities. Peace within work. We can have work and still have peace. There's work in the garden. That would be unlikely. It's an unlikely element of peace. Some, some would say, boy, if I just didn't have to work, then I would have peace in my life. Well, it's not really the case. Some would say, well, if I just didn't have authority, this oppressive authority in my life, then we'd have peace. But you know what? In the garden we find peace. We have loving leadership. We have joyful submission or even servitude. It was not an absence of authority or absence of some accountability or servitude. That's not peace. Really, it doesn't have anything to do with peace or peace on earth. How about schedules? If I just didn't have to have this schedule, everything ordered for me, I have to meet these demands. But peace is not a freedom from schedules and demands on our time. There was that in the garden. There was a time for work. And then there was a time in the cool of the Eden when God would come and, and be with men. And they would have those times. And there was, there was that balance of work and uh, relationship with, with God. But in the garden there was no shame, no guilt, because there was no sin. No sin. So if there's going to be peace on earth, there ha- sin has to be dealt with. Um... This is not some kind of um, universal declaration of peace on earth. God is not coming down and saying through the angels that peace on earth, goodwill to men idea of where where God has just made amends with man and man is okay and God's going to relinquish all guilt from man. No. 
What they were doing, they were announcing the peacemaker, the prince of peace. And they were, through him, able to restore the relationship with God, a true and lasting peace. That peacemaker, of course, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Zacharias, back in Luke chapter 1, he prophesied about Christ. Let me just read to you what he says. To shine. Now, this is Christ. uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 79, if you want to turn there. But to shine upon those who sit in darkness. This is Christ and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of path. or, Or, I'm sorry, into the way of peace. He's going to guide our feet into the way of peace. Man does not know peace. We have to have someone to come alongside. We have to have God come down in human form and say, now this is what peace is. We see that illustrated in Scripture. Um, Let me give you a couple of other Scripture references. John uh, talks about Christ, uh, uh, that uh, he gave peace to his disciples. Um, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Peter said it this way, said the world which he, set, he sent to the son of Israel, sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Peace is through Jesus Christ. It's not just some decoration of peace, but it's through the Prince of Peace. Paul goes on to say, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a declaration of peace and everything's going to be okay and all roads lead to heaven and so now we can just have peace. No, this peace comes only through the Prince of Peace. Since the time of recorded history, actually past 4,000 years, only 8% of that time has been, um, has been a time of peace. Man will not have peace on this earth. It will only be through the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus Christ. The earth is an unlikely place for peace. If you find someone with peace, check them out. Find out what's going on. They must have a Savior who produces peace within them. If you want peace today, if you want peace on earth, it can only come through Jesus Christ. Peace is not for later, because they do say, peace on earth. It's possible, and it can happen. So we have an unlikely source, God. We have an unlikely location here on earth. Number three, and we'll close with this. There's peace through an unlikely means. Peace through an unlikely means. The, the phrase, the last phrase, in whom he is pleased. Uh, the King James Version says, uh, peace, goodwill toward men. This is not really the best of manuscripts. Um, the New American Standard says it well, with whom he is pleased. The ESV says, among those whom, with whom he is pleased. Among those whom he is pleased, with whom he is pleased. The best translation seems to be from the New International Version, the NIV. And it says, and on earth, peace to men 
on whom his favor rests. That's the idea. That really kind of encapsulates it. With this idea of favor, that's, that's a, the, the Greek term would be grace. It's God's grace. It's his, his favor on man with whom he has, he has pleased those whom he has favor. That's the idea. In fact, there's an early church hymn that uh, was found with this phrase in it. And um, it, it goes like this, where it describes the people of God's good pleasure. The people of God's good pleasure. So the means by which man can have peace is not some kind of forced peace or some kind of uh, uh, peace like the Romans had, uh, a peace of, because of might. It's a peace because of grace. When God comes down and works in a life, works in a heart, He does so with, with grace and produces a peace in that heart among a place that is unlikely to even have peace. And the idea here is that God gives His people peace. God rewards His people with peace. Now, there is an illustration. An artist had to... Uh, Two artists actually were given the the, um, the task of, of drawing the concept of peace. How would you do that? How would you draw peace? Well, one artist draws a, a little boy relaxing in, in a boat on a placid lake, a little pond, no ripples, just a serene little scene there. And you would look at that and you think, boy, that's peace. That's wonderful. The other man drew a tree, a tree with a, uh, it was actually hanging over a waterfall. And the waterfall was raging and the water's just spraying everywhere. And, and uh, even when the wind blows, it would, it would just look like the tree would be in jeopardy of just falling at any time. But within that tree, he also paints a, a little bird's nest. And in that bird's nest, he has a mama bird. He has little baby birds right above that raging waterfall. And those little baby birds are just the picture of peace. Listen, we as believers, we can be in that situation. We can have peace on earth. There can be a peace on earth. It's from the source of God... It's here on this earth, but the means is is just God's grace. God's grace in your life, working in your life. Now, that begs the question. Well, let's go back to the main idea. The peace on earth, which was declared by the angels, was not a superficial peace or not some kind of temporary peace or earthly peace, but was a reference to the reconciliation of God and man through the Prince of Peace. I have to ask the question, do you have that kind of peace today? In an unlikely place like this world, where sin just reigns, Satan is having a heyday, through his grace, through the means of grace, God can give you peace in that kind of environment. And if you are a believer, you can enjoy that peace, share in that peace. The perspective of the of the angels, think about it. They they come down, they do their duty, just like they were told to do, but their reaction was, 
glory to God in the highest. And there was a multitude of them. They all joined in so that everyone can see, so this world can see as an example. Glory belongs to the Lord. He can give peace even on this earth. But it's by the means of grace through His Son, Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we celebrate today. It's Jesus Christ. There is no other means by which we can have peace on this earth but through Jesus Christ. Now, if you are visiting with us, or if you are just here and do not have that peace, I would encourage you, make peace with God. And just by way of application for believers... We can have peace with God, but, you know, sometimes we can still, because of sin, deal with torment. And there's no peace within our life. We don't have peace with others. We don't have peace with our relationships, our families. Now, I pray that your time with your family today and maybe, uh, maybe yesterday and today and, and maybe uh, even tomorrow as families get together, that it would be a reflection of God's peace, of, of the grace of God in your life. But just recognize and remember and give glory to God that that peace comes only from Him. It's only from Him. He is the one that initially reaches down and draws you to Himself. He does call us to respond, though. If you have not responded to that gospel of peace, that message of peace of Jesus Christ, I encourage you today, sin must be dealt with. Faith in Jesus Christ is, to, is the way to do that. I would encourage you, I would encourage you to talk with someone. Examine the scriptures to see if these things are, are true. And then ask yourself, are you at peace with God? Does that peace show in your life? Um, do you have peace with others? And are you carrying the message of peace? If you're a believer, those are the challenges that we have today. You know, our family should be a time of peace. Just a, This is a relaxed time of uh, during this Christmas season. It's, it's a wonderful time to not have too much of a demand on our schedule for that to be relaxed and to enjoy the relationships that we have. But is it characterized by peace? Has God worked sufficiently in your life to produce peace? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, we pray as, you, uh, as your word has gone forth, and Lord, as, as these angels have just responded, reacted to this message of your son coming to earth, may we be in the same situation of just responding of glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to, to those whom you have shown your favor, you have shown your grace, to those who have responded to the gospel through your Son, Jesus Christ. We can't have that peace and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for that. You have been so kind and so gracious to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.